Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. International Women's Day, acknowledged on March the 8th every year, is a day of activism, struggle and the continuation of the global movement to end sexist oppression. In those parts of the world where IWD is a struggle and not a cupcake breakfast or morning tea, many of those demonstrations were brutally repressed. Azerbaijan is one such part of the world. On today's show, we look at what happened at this year's IWD march and rally in Baku, Azerbaijan. I speak with feminist, political activist and independent election candidate for the Baku municipal elections, Rabea Mamadova. As one of the organisers of this year's rally, just before it was scheduled to begin, Rabia and her comrades were arrested, kidnapped, beaten and then released at the end of the rally. This interview was conducted with the assistance of an interpreter, Esma Basharova. The sound quality is a little bit patchy in part, so I ask for the audience patience because the things that Rabia is telling us are very important to get out there. Here's Rabia introducing herself. Uh, Rabia Mamadova, feminist. My name is Rabia Mamadova. I'm a feminist social activist and an executive board member at NIDA Social Movement. So yesterday was International Women's Day and we saw that there were demonstrations in Azerbaijan that were broken up by the, the police. Can you tell us what happened at the International Women's Day march in Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan'da ümumiyyətlə insanların toplaşma azaltdığına sərt şəkildə müdahil olunur. Yesterday she couldn't get, uh, get the place that the demonstration took place. So um, at the red light in taxi, police uh, kidnapped her and took somewhere else, uh, which is nicknamed Hatayi. Uh, it's a uh, place in Azerbaijan. And they, um, they abused her. There, uh, she has the, in the police machine in the back seat. And she has these bruises in her neck. And she has... Um, um, something that um, in, in, in her right ear that she couldn't and she has some uh, stability some, uh, on her throat and she couldn't eat from The police took her and they didn't let her go until the uh, eight March ending, um, and the other woman who was in uh, demonstrations, they, they uh, moved away by force and really real uh, brutality, and they it, the police didn't let those women to, to do this demonstration. People who are very active in, in this kind of demonstration, police, um, police follow them uh, even before, a day before demonstration, and uh, they took, the police take them, those people who are very active, and uh, the police don't let them go 
until this demonstration and these days are over. It sounds like the state finds any demonstration very threatening. Why does the state respond with such repression to demonstrations? Çünkü Azerbaycan hakimiyeti her bir halda belediye dünyaya başka Azerbaycan hakkında başka görüntü vermek istiyor. Aslında Azerbaycan'da bütün demokrasiyanın tek institutların olduğunu Azerbaycan'dan she says that I personally think that it's wrong to talk about democracy. Uh, there is no democracy in this condition in Azerbaijan. What were the major demands of the IWD rally in Azerbaijan? Mən öz adımdan danışa bilərəm ki, bu hakimiyyətdə heç bir gözləndirmə qoydu. Çünki biz 8 maş aksiyası artıq 3 ildir Azərbaycanda feminist hərəkət tərəfindən keçirilir, onların təşkilatçılığı ilə keçirilir və 3 ildir her il hükümet ve hükümet Azerbaijan has been thrown into the international media in the last six months because of the war with Armenia. But here in Australia, we know very little about the day-to-day realities of the country. So can you tell us what is the general situation for women in relation to abortion rights the right to divorce, the right to control and manage their own money, those kinds of issues. There are several factors more powerful than the laws in Iran. One of them is dominant mentality or tradition. The tradition um, doesn't recognize women's right to divorce because society's reaction to a divorcement is very negative. Um, women don't have freedom to choose to have children or not. The woman, she's uh, raised to become a mother, a wife to someone, and uh, she's always uh, someone else's honor, someone else, she's always under someone else's ownership. In reality, there are certain laws in these areas that protect the women, but the law enforcement institution um, holds the tradition above the law. Uh, of course, all these issues are related from the of women. There are examples of working women who is uh, managing and 
managing their own money and have their own businesses. But these are very rare and exceptions. And what is the general situation for workers, the right to form unions, the right to organise, to go on strike? What are the labour laws like? And given your answer to the previous question, what are the labour traditions like? The institution regarding workers labour unions exist on paper, they have no independence at all. Uh, they also support the ruling regime of workers. Um, this is this can't be considered like labor unions. There, there can be no discussion about creating any sort of labor union in major factories or or uh, oil sector. There are so-called laws such as the labor code and workers' rights, but these exist only on paper. They never applied in practice. Management of those companies have total authority over workers. There exists no institution that protects a worker in regards, regards to social insurance, work accidents, or workers' rights. Government, uh, it's also not interested in the creation of such institutions. It's um, the government is very concerned about potential politicization of workers through such institutions. What about for freedom of speech and freedom of the press? Do journalists also experience this repression? As I mentioned in theory, all freedoms are ensured in the country. However, we see the exact opposite in practice. Freedom of speech exists as long as it doesn't target the ruling regime. We have to criticize the president or even a mere public servant to be blacklisted. Um, the, the, the most obvious example is the day imprisonment for Emir Abbaso, a member of the social movement, based on trumped up charges just because he criticized the president in social media. So everyone can experience the same pay. The institution is the same in regards to press freedom. You can criticize anyone as long as it's not ruling regime. Um, only a limited number of opposition institutions and websites under their control can shed objective light on important issues, uh, only with some limitations. Well, my, my next question, I think I already know the answer because you have already answered it, really. But the general state of democracy, honesty and transparency in the public service, free and fair elections, a viable political opposition, I, I think you will tell me that the... Yeah. Uh, the um, Anything that criticizes the ruling party and the ruling regime will be crushed. But 
I will give you a chance to answer anyway. I personally think that it would be wrong to talk about democracy. If you give, you have to give it a name, it should be called trap socialism because the fact is that certain, certain people are above, above the law and their actions are not regulated by the law. They can do anything they want. It would be laughable to talk about free elections under these circumstances. I can demonstrate enough facts about irregularities in election process. Some independent uh, institutions in the country have prepared reports on these irregularities for international institutions. Uh, however, according to official statement, everything is normal in the country. The elections are also transparent, and the country is the most democratic country in the Caucasus. It would be um, laughable to talk about democracy in country that where all resources belong to the ruling regime. So, you want a fake government-connected position? There are many of them. There are lots of them. Well, it is extraordinary that you remain political and an activist in this environment. I am very impressed and honoured to be talking to you given the pressure you are under. Thank you so much. And for the repression experienced on International Women's Day, is there any ongoing campaign? Have all the women who were arrested, have they been released? Is there a campaign to release anyone still detained? All of them are who were arrested yesterday in 8th of March. Uh, they were released for now. Well, Rabia, thank you so much for your time on the program today. Is there anything you would like to add? End of March is a day of struggle for women. At some point in history, men have and the Women's Day, day of struggle for their rights, a day of chocolate, flower and gift. Uh, time to return this, this day to its roots. I'm call, calling all the world's women to struggle for their rights. Uh, it was very nice to meet you. Thank you for your invitation and good luck. That was feminist, political activist and independent election candidate for the Baku municipal elections, Rabia Mamadova. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Coming up now, some highlights from this year's Melbourne International Women's Day Rally. Nez Govanzo from Gabriella, an organisation for the rights of Filipino women, addresses the Melbourne Rally. From the largest and 
Alliance of Filipino Women, not only in the Philippines but all over the world. A militant greetings to all of you here from Gabriela. I would like first to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of these lands, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and also recognize that this land was stolen and sovereignty has never been ceded. This will always be Aboriginal land. I would like to also extend that acknowledgement and respect to all women and children who have been impacted by violence on women and children and also those who have been killed by their intimate partners due to family and domestic violence. We all know that the statistics of one woman being killed due to family and domestic violence is rising. So we have to really up our game in terms of fighting this gender-based violence, not only here in Australia but all over the world. Another connection that I would like to make is between my home country, the Philippines, and Australia. The Australian government continues to provide military aid to the Philippines. This military aid is being used by the macho, fascist, murderous, terrorist Duterte government to kill activists, to kill women who have been fighting for their land and for their sovereignty, especially the indigenous women, to be able to protect big mining corporations such as Australian-owned Extrata and Oceana Gold Philippines who continue shame, who continue to wreak havoc on our environment in the Philippines, displacing thousands of indigenous women and children, killing them because they are opposing those mining activities. So this is being used, this military aid by the Australian government to the Philippine government is being used to kill all these activists and all these women who have been fighting for generations. And just this December 2020, there was a massacre in one indigenous group in the southern Philippines called Tumandok Group and where there are nine people, nine indigenous people who were killed by state military forces in the Philippines because they have been opposing the largest mining company in the southern part of the Philippines. And the attacks on women and children continued. Women who are pregnant are being harassed, being jailed on fabricated charges. They are being planted with evidence, bombs, and guns. And these are activists who have been organizing. These are women who have been organizing in communities fighting for their rights, not only for gender, for the op opposing gender-based violence, but also for economic justice. At the moment, there are more than 100 women with their children that are being incarcerated by the macho fascist Duterte regime, one of which has given birth in jail and was not even given the right to, to mourn with the child that was separated from her when she gave birth. Um, she was handcuffed when she attended the burial of the child. And just this Saturday, the macho fascist Duterte announced on national television to the police and military of the Philippines to forget about human rights.
and nine were killed yesterday, including... So this fascism and tyranny is ongoing. This is the same sisters, even in Myanmar, in South Africa, in Middle East, and other parts of the world. And here in Australia, there is an ongoing violence, especially on women and children. So we have to really fight um, tyranny and fascism alongside with our fight against patriarchy. Now, here in Australia, migrant women of God background are experiencing so much discrimination even at the point of this pandemic. Now, proud women who are on temporary visas, which are the most vulnerable in our community in terms of family and domestic violence, are not even given crisis accommodation when they come to services because they have been abused by their partners. So what are we telling these women? To forget about the abuse? So this is a big challenge for us to really fight with these women who are most vulnerable. And we know that migrant workers who are on temporary visas are the most exploited. During the pandemic, we all know that Prime Minister Morrison announced in April for the international students to just go home. Even if the international students have been funneling billions of dollars to the Australian economy. And it was us who pushed the government and so and services to give some kind of support to them. It took months, but then it happened. So that's a success. Late last year, there was small support that was given to the international students. But until now, we at Gabriela Star Australia are still saying, you made migrant women, especially those in temporary visas, visible during the pandemic just to add to the rhetoric of suffering. But then, right away, you made them invisible when it comes to economic support. There was no mention about them when the job keeper was put in place, when there was job seeker, nothing at all. So it was the community, it was the grassroots organization who have to step up to be able to help these small, most vulnerable groups in our community. Until now, our goal is to provide equitable services to all victims, survivors of family domestic violence. Is stop assessing migrant women who are on temporary visas based on their visa that they hold, not on the safety and risk that they are facing. It has to stop now because migrant child women are being killed. They're not even put in statistics. Our statistics that we gather, they're not, they're not anywhere there. So the one woman killed every week, that doesn't include the child women who are on temporary visas. The call for, uh, for equality should also address first the call for equity. So we have been saying we cannot talk about equality if even the issue around equity are there. We are calling for equitable services for all that have been impacted by this forever pandemic, the family and domestic violence. We are also calling for policy reforms. Don't put those regulations, such as the migration regulations of 1994, which is very limited to only women who are on partner-related visas, where majority of the women and children 
that are on temporary visas are the ones impacted and are not covered by this provision. So we are saying expand that policy, expand that regulation. We have to continue to call for systemic changes. This is the time, sisters and everyone here, to up our game in terms of international solidarity. We cannot call for emancipation of women only in Australia. We have to do it with our sister, sisters all over the world. We have to be one with us in calling also for the ouster of the macho, fascist, terrorist, murderous, Duterte regime in the Philippines. Stop the killings, stop military aid to the Philippines. Long live international solidarity, women of the world unite. That was Nez Gavanzo from Gabriella at this year's Melbourne IWD rally. And earlier in the show, political activist and independent election candidate for the Baku municipal elections, Rabia Mamadova, being interpreted by Esma Basharova. And that's all we've got time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.